0: hi everyone and welcome back to the calm cast we are back today with a brand new cast member and of course a brand new episode and a brand new topic so i'm really excited to be here today why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself
1: hi um i'm cassie brady a trans woman i am 29 years old Uh, yeah, I'm a musician. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Our topic today is music and therapy. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I have a lot of experience with, uh, mental health issues and, and overcoming them through music. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you.
0: I'm really excited to have you. It's really fun, you know, that you're here and we're able to collaborate on this project and sort of the, this podcast because, um, you know, you're a part of the Festival of Being that we're having, which is something I, I haven't been talking about a lot on this podcast because it's not super related, but it is kind of related to this episode because, you know, a big part of this topic is, is mindfulness. So something, you know, that is definitely brought up and it's actually going to be a really exciting festival. Um, One More Onion is going to be there, but, you know, this is completely off topic, but I was actually just talking about this with uh, somebody from the festival. And we had that question, like what, what inspired that name?
1: Oh, it's, (laughs) it's, uh, so for, for pre-COVID, um, I was working in food service for many years and as funny as it is, it's, it's, uh, I needed one more onion for the prep that I was doing and something clicked and I, I like the absurdist, uh, the surrealism to it and kind of the humor at the time. I didn't like my own name, um. I guess what you consider a dead name, or for me, it's a dying name. I'm kind of a, a baby trans person, as uh, I kind of had myself actualization rather recently, and um, I've been acting on it for the first time. Something I've been thinking about for ten plus years, but but to be finally uh, uh, doing it is is really cool, and I've been really enjoying it. Um, but, but yeah. So, so when I wasn't able or wanted to use my own name, uh, I thought of something weird, surreal, and um, without intention. So, so I liked I like the idea that onions, uh, without their, they're just a vegetable. They have no intention, um, and that's kind of the angle that I want to pursue. So, yeah, I think it's going to change though. I it definitely is going to change now. So. Um, it'll be another, uh, another lost name. but
0: Well, I think that's uh, such a beautiful story. And it's like, you're right, like it is kind of a funny name, but it's, it's also beautiful that it sort of has that meaning to you. Something that does come up a lot in, in the topic of sort of musical therapy, which before we sort of dive in, I want to, you know, music therapy has a lot of different definitions, but for the purpose of this episode, where I'm just going to present the Google definition, the, the Webster official definition, if you will, and then we'll sort of talk about what it means to us. But, um, you know, the official definition is that music therapy is an evidence based clinical intervention used to form and accomplish personal goals such as anxiety reduction, management of mental health disorders, and self improvement. So it does really cover a broad spectrum, and there's a lot of different methods of musical therapy. I was more into art therapy. Uh, a couple of years ago, I've never personally tried musical therapy, but I, I do express myself a lot through the music that I listen to. And so it, it, I haven't really used it in a therapeutic setting, but I have used it for sort of self-management. But what what would you say, like, what what do you think, like, you know, outside of that definition, cause that's kind of a hard to swallow definition, a bunch of fancy words, like, how would you define it in like the simpler terms or maybe just your own terms?
1: That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think there's, I don't know. I, I think music, uh, there's a lot of identity wrapped up into music and like what we listen to, what we play. I, that's a really hard question, um, but it's a good one. I, I would believe, hmm, you got me. Um, <laughs> you know, I, th- I think music just serves as a, a really good tool for self-analysis and understanding why you like different things. And, and that's something that I've been doing and in, in, in the attempt to like find my own style. Um, and I think artists can do the same, you know, visual artists, like um, when, when you're doing art for a living like you, you typically are, are looking for that style of yours and, and the identity that comes with it. And I think therapy, um, is it a good example of, of how we can use that identity and um, self-analysis to great great success? Um, yeah, I think maybe even just a self-analysis, uh, a tool for it.
0: No, I think that, I think, you know, it is a hard question, but I, I think you sort of answered it the way I would have answered it as a, you know, a tool for self-analysis. Um, uh, self-reflection mm-hmm. um, is something that I do a lot uh, had to do a lot when I was in my, my first stages of healing from different mental health disorders and, you know, past traumatic experiences. And there's, you know, a lot of different ways you can go about healing through music. And, you know, I was, so when I was sort of like looking up and researching, doing the research for the blog, I came across a couple of things that I was like, you know, one of my, my first thoughts was, how are you supposed to engage in music therapy? if you're not a musician or if you don't know how to write music because one of the practices that I found it was like write and sing a song I'm like I don't think singing is going to make me feel any better about myself I do not have a good singing voice um and like (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just the truth but then you know I read more about it and it's like well it's not really about being good you know it's not really about you know that aspect of it it's about finding your own way through it and it's kind of like art therapy in that way when I first started art therapy I was horrible I couldn't even draw a stick person like I don't even know what my it looked like a triangle with like feet it was very scary um wasn't me (laughs) and now I I and now I do graphic design like I I'm employable as an artist so
1: congratulations that's so neat um
0: yeah, wow. it was a, a big leap um, It's from there to there, but I did that through therapy because I, I realized like, you know, I could take the pressure off of it and just learn through my own experiences yeah. with it. So, you know, what do you, I mean, what do you kind of think about that?
1: I, you know, I think pretty similarly. I mean, I started guitar late um, compared to most people. I started in college. I was 20. Uh, I went to a really good show and it blew my mind. And the next day I bought a guitar. Um I, I, I just did it, I, I, at the time I wasn't dealing with as many uh, mental health issues um, at the time, but the, I don't know, it, it really cascaded for me and, and it became my outlet, my distraction, my, my focus when I, I couldn't focus on anything else. There was a period of time where I had trouble reading because my anxiety was so bad. Um, but, you know, I would also fiddle, you know, with my fingers. And so what I ended up doing is putting a guitar in my hands. And that's what I fiddled with. Uh, yeah, it, it really took me very far uh, because now, now here I am, a freelance musician doing a lot of pretty cool stuff, if I do say so myself, um, and just working really hard. I, I worked really, really hard for a very long time, uh, but it didn't really feel like work. It felt like that exploration that we we're talking about. It felt bad at times. You know, some of the songs I've written are dark. I'm like working on a new album and it's exploring a lot of that darkness that I couldn't before because I was unable to. But, but yeah, there is a lot of darkness and, and like kind of getting in it and in and self analyzing it, you know, really helped me along. Um, but it also made me a great musician in the process. So it was, it's kind of two birds, one scone kind of thing. Yeah, I, it's it's taken me quite far, and I'm really proud of that. So,
0: That's really awesome. And, you know, I really connect with, with what you said about the, you know, you, you say that you, you used to fiddle with your your hands or your fingers, and you, like, put that into something else. You put that energy in that something that is, and I don't want to say, like, you know, productive, but something that, you know, is expressive, you know? indeed. And- yeah
1: and that's what's something I've been saying often you know I I was I had such bad anxiety in like social settings even with my good friends and I I was so much better at expressing myself on the guitar that I would we would sit on the porch and all I would do is play music all night I wouldn't speak I would just sit there and like play to the mood of the room and that was my contribution large in part um and I couldn't do much more time but but that was my my contribution to the the atmosphere of of our hangs you know our hanging out it was really important for me so important I can't even express like that's it's the biggest understatement of the year it was so so important
0: yeah and I think that's something that you know is one of the most important things about like healing with music healing with art you know whatever your um Like method is is that sort of like wordlessness of it all the the just Mm. like literal the raw expression I know that when I was really struggling um, through anorexia I was in a residential facility for like three months and for like the first month I was there I didn't really like talking to people I didn't want to be there (laughs) Yeah, I was like why am I here I'm not sick as I'm literally hooked up to like two machines anyways but (laughs) I (laughs) but I didn't want to talk to anybody and you know my therapist was like poking at me my nutritionist was poking at me and I was just like I don't want to talk and so one of the art therapists that was working there came over to me and was like Hey, you know, you should go check this out. And one of the things I told him was something that I would mentioned earlier in the episode was, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at it. That's just kind of made me feel worse about myself. And somebody who kind of crawled into my heart while I was there, um, that I still talk to to this day, we're both, you know, still in recovery and doing well, which is really amazing. But they essentially dragged me along and I was like, okay, fine. And it was just so amazing and I didn't have to speak and I could like if my therapist was like well how are you feeling I was like I don't really know how to express it like yeah. I don't know what I'm feeling I don't can't put it into words so I would just like I did this though does that Ooh. is that something and she was really yeah. proud of me for that so
1: that's that's something to be proud of yeah I in in relation to like not being good at the thing you know I tell people like students or, or just friends of mine who I'm playing with who are, who are learning. I, I tell them it's, it's not about like what you play. It's about the glory of expression. It's, it's brave to just play a note, you know, even if it's the wrong one, it's brave to, it's a, it's an exclamation of, of our being and, and who we are. And it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, no matter what it is, it's, 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 it's an expression and, and it's, it's, uh, it's powerful no matter what. Just like getting getting like a like a pen on a page or or, a, or paint on a canvas. I know if I just started painting, it would be quite terrible. <laughs> um, but but I know that's not the point, which is important. It's also maybe a lesson in like letting go of like our perfectionist qualities, you know, which is not easy. But to exclaim to ourselves that we're alive and and we're gonna let go and and let whatever comes out come out. And that's a great transition to improv, you know, improvisation. And that's one of the reasons why I love it so much because it doesn't matter what happens, it just happened. And I find a lot of beauty in that. Um, Tonight, I'm actually playing a show uh, with two two of my friends uh, unrehearsed um, and we're just gonna go play. We have no idea what's gonna happen. I don't know. I find that chaos beautiful, and something that that I, that I read in the blog as well is like these these creative pursuits that we're in, whether it be music or visual art or really anything else, is a is a great place to explore an environment freely. Unlike our reality, you know, we have to be really careful. You know, I got mace, and and I don't go out at night dressed femme. I'm in Wisconsin, so it's. It's not necessarily the nicest place uh, for, for trans women, but in music, uh, we can explore anything.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important to highlight in today's episode is the safety and the comfort that music therapy and you know any artistic expression can bring. Something that really touched, like, touched me the other day is I was on Instagram and I listened to this um, artist- Uh, It's a Korean artist. And and unlike, you know, America has its problems. South Korea is slight, you know, South Korea is less accepting. To be an idol, to be a role model there, you have to be straight-laced. You have to not have any scandals. You can't date anybody, regardless of their gender or sexuality. You just can't date anybody.
1: It's
0: It's so sad. And they're all through agencies, you know horror stories of eating disorders like I'm not trying I I, South Korea is a great country okay don't cancel me on Twitter I'm just saying the industry is a problem but this artist is independent and which is really hard to do and be successful but you know he's out there and he's doing it but you know so he's a really great source of inspiration for me and then on Instagram he posted a picture and I thought like wow this is a statement he posted a picture of his face it had a like a cut running down his nose and a bruise forming on the side of his eye. And he was like, I was literally just walking down the street and somebody came up to me and said a slur, like a a homophobic slur and punched me in the face. And all I was doing was walking down the street. And, you know, he was, he, he made a post along with that, you know, saying like a lot of inspirational things, like, how he was going to overcome it actions he was taking how he's doing but you know it made me realize in sort of light of this episode I'm like he is using his platform as a musician he's also putting it into his music you know <clears throat> this fear as well that he has of you know simply taking a walk and yeah. yeah I just think that's one of the beautiful things about music is you don't have to worry about how you're presenting yourself in music you don't have to worry about you know, sure people maybe aren't gonna like it, but they're not gonna like, you know, it's it's different than being discriminated against versus I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words. What what do you think about that?
1: No, I that story is is so sad and unfortunately not uncommon. It really isn't. And good for him, you know, making a statement with it. And I know that's not easy. It probably puts a target on his back, you know. I feel that way sometimes, right I don't wanna risk my own safety for for like the activism but I think at this point it's kind of a requirement if if we are to be frankly free you know not not saying that anyone should be obligated to do that but it it feels like a vocation for me now when it didn't in the past and and that was part of me coming to terms with myself and getting myself founded you know I needed, uh, my 20s were, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> my 20s are really rough. Um, and now I'm at a point where I'm kind of coming out of that and doing much better. But, you know, I, I think about that and and there is so much fear and to put it in the music is is really easy and we probably do it without realizing it. You know, I've been writing... Even before I self-actualized, like officially, you know, I've had these trans thoughts and feelings for 10 years or more. And, and whether I realized it or not, you know, I was having them and it was coming out in the music. Um, I was writing gay and trans lyrics for years before I, I came out or even came out to myself. Uh, I knew something was different, but I, I got a song that I play with the Lavender Project and it's uh, called She Was Pink. The first lines are, "You were red, I was blue, and she was pink," and they're all me. (laughs) You were red. I was I was angry and upset for reasons I didn't understand. I was blue. Uh, I was sad and depressed and and unable to. I was static. You know, I was unable to move the way in the world if it if it was kinder to us. And she was pink. She was who I wanted to be. And I wrote that years before I, I even came out to myself officially, you know. But, you know, even if you're not ready to self-advocate or, or advocate for others, you know, um, music is a good way to be sneaky about it and, and hide the meaning in the words. Um, and so I've been doing that for a really long time even to myself, you know, and um, denials a hell of a drug. And those are my my ways of of kind of dealing with it. And another one is it's not a bad thing, it's just different, you know, speaking of like gay and non-heteronormative love and it's just not it's not a bad thing, it's just different. Yeah, and it applies to so many things. No one would know that it's I'm talking about that, but but yeah, we can we can subvert people's expectations subtly or or very exposed, you know, Um, it's really up to us and what serves us best, I think, so.
0: You made such a beautiful point just now about how, like, I feel like with art therapy or music therapy, we we always sort of talk about putting our emotions into the art or putting our emotions into the music, and, you know, something you just said made me realize, like, oh my god, that's so true, is sometimes we don't know. What we're putting into the art or putting into the music i mean especially with with improv and then you know you look back on it later and you can kind of understand yourself a little bit better you can be like oh well maybe that's why i was in such a bad mood that day like clearly i know for me i you know always joke if i'm doing an art piece or something and somebody asks me what i'm doing i look at them in the face i'm like i have no idea (laughs) we'll see where the road takes us every single piece that i've ever done i started with nothing and just sort of went i had no end goal at all and it really shows in in you know my sketchbooks and my portfolio that i have on instagram it's just like oh well you know that's a very interesting like i remember yeah. i was <laughs> i was looking back and i was like i was having a lot of emotions that week like it was a like a funny one and then you know like a couple days later I posted one that was super bright and colorful and you know I thought it looked you know really cool and then you know a few days later I I was you know sort of posted something else and I could see all the the contrasting emotions within it and realize I was going through those emotions until I saw it in my art and you know what you just said about that song sort of made me realize that you know with art therapy with music therapy it's a great way to discover things about yourself, not just express what you already know.
1: Yeah. I think, I think taking that time, you know, you need to, well, I don't know if anyone needs it, but, but I know it certainly helps me when I'm, when I'm writing something or, or trying to self, to understand oneself, like taking that little bit of time in between when you created it and you look back, like that space really is beneficial to, to the self-analysis. Cause when, when you're in it, you're kind of in it and once you're out of it, you can kind of look from that outside observer's perspective that you probably wouldn't have been able to do while you're in it. And it's so interesting that we can just project things onto the page or into the airwaves. Um, it's shocking, <laughs> really. It's That's why it's so magical to me.
0: Another thing that's sort of been on my mind is, you know, when I first started doing you know, musical therapy, art therapy, it was facilitated, if that makes sense. Like I was allowed to do what I wanted to do and I had that space, but I, you know, I didn't know where to start the first time. I didn't know what I would like, am I, want me to draw like a, a smiley face? What do you want me to do? And the therapist would be like, just like, just put things into my hands and be like, just do something with your hands. Like for the hour mm-hmm. that we have in this classroom, do something. We called it a classroom because that was like a joke, Mm but it wasn't. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So she was, so I'd be like, okay. So, and I would just sort of do it, but I needed that facilitation because I wasn't in a place in my, in in my mental health that I was taking initiative. Like if I had the opportunity in that moment in time to just stare at a wall all day, I would have. So I guess I'm curious because I know it depends on sort of where you are in your in your mental health journey. Do you think, you know, exploring musical healing or musical therapy is best done, you know, alone and and through self-discovery? Or, you know, do you think it's helpful to seek out, like, an actual, like, music therapist?
1: That's one that I don't particularly feel super qualified to answer. Um, I did this all, I did everything myself in not really realizing it. It was, honestly, I, I got a quite, strong emotional reaction to reading the blog blog post because what I was reading is what I what I was doing while not realizing it that said I mean like I got myself into really tricky situations for the in the name of art you know I would almost torture myself in an unhealthy way to access those dark feelings um, in the hopes that I could write something great you know part of that is is kind of falls in with the um, the tortured artist archetype. It's dangerous and, and not worth it. Because we can be artists without being tortured. And I I had a hard time with therapy too. You know, I went a couple times. I didn't want to be there. So I I didn't return. Then when I returned, I got someone who was not very good for me. I won't get into that, but it was it was really honestly quite messed up. But I, I think I think it's probably best to do both. Just like at school, we we have teachers, but we also have homework. Like To do both is great. And and if if you need someone to facilitate that, I think you should take that up. And don't be too proud like I was. Pride is a sin, if I'm not mistaken. I do a lot of sins, <laughs> um, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think I think it'd be really beneficial for people to to have some oversight, you know, someone someone looking over over them, so they don't get themselves into the, the difficult situations that I did personally. I mean, I think in the long run they might have helped me, but I don't even want to say that because I I was hurting myself actively through it so i i can't recommend that but yeah i i think there's there's a lot to be said about this therapy and and something that the blog post made made sure to mention is is making sure your therapist is knowledgeable about the lgbtq plus issues you know and making sure they're making sure they're qualified for such things because i kind of ran into that but not that bad experience i mentioned i was still straight or you know heteronormative at the time you know um, whether I realized it or not I I was somewhere else it was still a bad experience and that was just being quote normal um, it must be a whole lot different you know with with the LGBTQ analysis I
0: thought that was really important yeah I even did a whole blog on how you can find an LGBTQ friendly therapist because I felt like I felt like it was it was that important and that big of a deal. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes if you guys sort of want to check that out. But it can get you into some pretty tricky situations. If you, you know, spend the money on a session or, you know, you go to a therapist and you maybe run into someone who isn't accepting or or maybe you run into someone who doesn't understand, you know, because there's, there's I, I like to highlight, like, there's a difference between know, bigotry and not understanding Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't, just because you don't understand something doesn't necessarily mean that you're homophobic or you're transphobic. It just means you need to be educated and there's a difference. But I did a episode with a past therapist of mine, which is really fun. And (laughs) we talked about that. We talked about how In therapy school, if you want to call it that, like in any degree you go into psychology, you may, like nowadays, you may maybe get one seminar on diversity and inclusion in therapy. But back in the day, you didn't even get that one. Yeah. So a lot of the in-doctor therapists and a lot of people who, you know, are pretty established in their field, if they haven't sought out secondary education to supplement the fact that they didn't get it in their schooling years, they have no knowledge but thankfully there are resources that you can actually find these people that are very knowledgeable about the community. Some of them um, even offer like free support groups specifically for the LGBTQ community because it has such a great need. Yeah, thank thank you for for bringing that up. That really is um, something important to mention anytime we sort of talk about therapy.
1: That's really cool. Um, Honestly, I'd be looking for such a resource myself. One of the other things that's been tricky for me with therapy is like the financial costs. And I know we're not talking about like finances or anything, or, or or anything like that. But but that can also be a gatekeep, and and it's a real bummer. So so having those support groups is really, a really good thing.
0: I I'm very passionate about that area of you know, financing you know mental health. It like you said, you know the, the vlog's not about you know bashing the healthcare system, but <laughs> I still can't refrain from doing so sometimes. But I, even um, on the website, because I know this is such a major problem, and on our resources page, we have a section uh, titled financial assistance. And what I didn't know until I started doing the research for this resource page was that there are actually therapy funds. If, if you can't afford therapy and you can you know, show that you can't afford therapy, you can get funding, you can get grants, you can get a scholarship to go to therapy. Um, there's a lot of free support groups. There are affordable options online. So I always, you know, I did a suicide prevention webinar yesterday, and one of the things we sort of finished off with is, if you don't think you can afford it, if you don't think you can access it, you can, and there are are resources, you can start, you know, on the website that we have, you can start doing your own research, but I promise, I promise they're out there, so just don't give up looking for those.
1: Well, that's good. I'm glad I brought it up because that's exactly what I need to hear. I was looking into art therapy, um, just well, just a few months ago, but the rate was just too high, and I, I can't pay out of pocket like that. So yeah, I'll definitely be looking into that.
0: It was really exciting, like when I saw it, and especially how like a lot of the therapists target a the LGBTQ community, but also um the BIPOC community, which I thought was so important because you know they also face you know, high rates of poverty and lack of health coverage, which is something, you know, are those communities share within their challenges? Sort of been talking for a long time, but there's something that I I always like to ask people who come on is like, we have a lot of young listeners, um, the majority uh, are students, actually youth. And I always ask, like, you know, thinking about yourself at that time in your life, like, what would you say to the youth who are listening now who may or may not be in your shoes when you were that age?
1: Oh, I don't, I don't know if I could say, cause I was, I was in high school at a time or even in school where where being gay was even a, a pretty significant thing. There was no presence of trans people. And and culturally I was, I was seeing like horrible stuff like uh, Ace Ventura, like has a horrible trans scene and, and so I wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't possible for me. I didn't even consider it because I couldn't. Something I was telling a friend of mine recently is that the youth today have actually inspired me almost more than you know. You'd think it'd be the other way around, where the adults are supposed to inspire, and the kids are supposed to listen. But but for me, I, I see the the trans and LGBTQ youth in my my area, and they're doing it. It's 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 astonishing and they're just doing it. And, and so that was a big inspiration to me. Um, so I guess what I would say is if that's you, thank you, number one. Number two, keep doing it. It's awesome in the truest sense of the word. It did a lot for me and, and seeing, seeing people, young people, live their authentic self, despite the hardships, even though they shouldn't be going through them, they shouldn't at all. It, it really inspired me so 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 thank you I mean like I don't know many of you personally but it, but it it's just I see it everywhere and it and it's it's so cool I yeah like I said I I was <laughs> so one of the funniest things uh that one of my childhood bullies would call me was a lesbian <laughs> and you know I was a little boy at the time and I had no idea what that even meant I'm like ah yeah ah, you're stupid um, but they were right. <laughs> yeah, it's just too funny. They're not right about most things, so don't listen to them.
0: That is that is ironic and hilarious. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, jokes on you sort of situation. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean to second that, you know. You guys keep doing what you're doing. If you it, it, some people something I hear a lot is like, "Oh, I wish I could be doing more or I don't feel like I'm I'm doing enough for the community or for myself or whatever, whatever, by listening to this, you know, you're already helping spread awareness. You're already, you know, doing something good for yourself and, you know, doing something good for the community by supporting this program, supporting the podcast, the blog and supporting yourself. So, you know, I would say that any small thing that you're doing is enough because everyone has different standards of what they can handle and what they are capable of. And, you know, no standard is wrong. You know, as long as I always like to qualify that as long as you're not doing harm to anything like no standard is, is wrong and anything you're doing right now is enough. And I just want to make sure everyone knows that like, and really, really takes that into their heart because that's something that I struggle with is despite all the things I'm doing, I'm never doing enough. And, you know, sometimes you just got to step back and be like, you are doing enough because it is what you're doing and that makes it enough.
1: Well, even just being you is being present, you know, is, is so much. It's just so much. Um, yeah. That's what I try and remind myself too is, is I, I also, you need to take care of yourself and it's really get really easy to get caught up in the, the cause. And yeah, I mean, like taking care of yourself is, is one of those things that, that is a, a form of resistance in and of itself. They, they, don't want us to be well you know bigots and and people who are filled with hate and so just being well and caring for yourself is is the way I I don't know it's a great way to be
0: you know thank you so much for being here today I really appreciate you know you taking the time out of your day to come and come on here and you know for everyone who's listened up to this point thank you so much for listening up to this point oh my god it's like I'm always amazed like um, about the amount of people who have supported this you know, through its journey. So if you guys wanna get involved, you can go to www.thecomblog.com slash join and sort of just get involved that way. There's a lot of different ways you could write blogs, you could come on the podcast or you could just continue to listen and that would be enough too. You can also keep up with us on Instagram at the.com.blog Um, I know I say it every time but I'm saying it again don't like the handle and the last thing I always like to include is to those of you who are looking to get service learning hours we partner with humanity rising so students who are looking to get service learning hours can do so by listening to the podcast do you have any resources or anything you'd like to plug before we sign off Uh,
1: not really just listen to music it's great
0: it is really great All right. Well, everyone have a great day, night, time zone, don't exist. Time isn't real. So everyone have a great day and thank you so much for listening. Bye.